0: I'm your host Connor Livesey. Joining by my co-host today is David Hellman from Fox Sports. Is with me. Haven't told him yet, but he's on the gig full time now. So uh, we're excited to have David Hellman here tonight. You know, hopefully every week from now on. But uh, now nah, he's a busy guy. Now, by far the most famous person I know, which is cool. He's a celebrity now um which is was awesome to see him on tv just battling up you know Lashawn McCoy all the crazy takes and as he said to me on twitter yesterday you just got to get you a talking head that does both keeps it real and can uh you know get the ratings and that's david hellman david what's up bro
1: i don't do well with praise at all i don't do well with being called famous but thanks for that man um no dude i'm pumped like don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's been a crazy cool summer and I'm doing a lot of cool stuff for Fox, but you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I kind of missed the podcasting thing. So like, it's good to, it's good to hop on and we can, you know, shoot the shit about the Cowboys or whatever else I'm ready to go. Yeah,
0: that's right. I mean, you're, you're still covering the Cowboys. Like you said, a little bit for Fox sports, but you kind of got a more wide range of the NFL right now. And, and that's where I wanted to start with you. How brutal was last week for you? You know, cause it's Joe Burrow, LSU fan. like you and who did you want to win that football game? Be honest.
1: Here's like nobody ever believes me when I say this, but like when you do this for a long enough time. And then the other thing too is like, and I love, I love the way media works these days. Like if you're a Cowboy fan, you can start a Cowboys podcast and you can cover this team just as well as anybody, not to sound like an old head, but like when I was coming up, that was less of a thing. Like you just had to go, you had to go where the job was and you wind up covering a team that maybe you don't care about. And so it's a rambling way of saying is like, I just, I root for entertaining games and good stories. Like I don't spend a lot of time stressing out about who wins the way that a fan would. I like what's nice is like, you can kind of channel that. Like, I think anybody that follows me knows that I'm a huge college football fan. Right. Uh, I channel all of that into LSU so like all of my all of my stress and emotion goes into Saturday and then on Sunday I take a way more laid-back approach I mean I do I'll be honest I wish uh I wish Joe and Jamar had played a better game just because it's fun to watch them play football but like in terms of who wins and who loses I I don't really care I was actually thinking about so it's been weird I went to every Cowboys game, not counting the COVID road games. I went to every Cowboys game for a year or I mean for a decade. So these two, these first two games I've watched from my couch, which is such a weird experience. And um, I thought about this on Sunday night. I watched that entire game, Cowboys, Bengals, obviously Joe and Jamar, all that good stuff. I didn't make a sound for three and a half hours. Like I didn't. I just sat there on my laptop and like I typed my notes and I typed my tweets, but I was just watching by myself. I didn't yell. I didn't curse. I didn't even talk to myself. Like, I don't think I made a noise for three and a half hours. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of anticlimactic, but that's just not really the way I I approach it.
0: Okay, I mean, for people who who, I mean, everybody knows, like I said, most people listen to this are
1: going to know who you are, but you're actually a Saints fan, correct? See but it, even then like I always tell people like I grew up a Saints fan absolutely like I was a huge Saints fan um you know 2009 amazing like I got to watch the Saints win the Super Bowl on Bourbon Street which was one of the coolest experiences of my life but like now you got to keep in mind I cover the Cowboys I don't have time to watch the Saints like I've probably I've probably only watched 10 saints games from beginning to end in the last 10 years. They were and all Cowboys saints. Yeah, <laughs> They're either all Cowboys saints games, or it was weeks when the saints were playing on like Monday night football when I wasn't working. So mm-hmm. like uh, straight up um, week, week one, the saints play, the saints had that crazy comeback against Atlanta. And like, I was paying attention to every game. Cause like I do a national show now. So you kind of got to know what's going on everywhere. But I remember like, as the saints were coming back i was just kind of like oh that's cool (laughs) and i like i had a moment where i was like damn that's weird that like you don't like the saints are playing this crazy game and you don't even really give a damn so that's what i always tell people like when people tell me they want to go into this industry it's a lot of fun don't get me wrong but like in a lot of ways it can change the way you uh the way you look at things because i love football just as much as i always have but, like, I just don't really think about it that way where I'm, like, super invested in in who wins and who loses.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, I'm doing it on a much lesser scale than you are. But me and Mark Schofield, who's my co-host for a while, he's a Patriots fan. We talk about that all the time. It's like we kind of just – we view the game from, like, a team-building perspective now, much less than a fan perspective. So <laughs>
1: – Yeah, and I, I'll be I'll be honest. Like, I'm I'm man enough to admit this. Like, when I do get really invested in an NFL game, it's right. because – it's because I want to be right about whatever Absolutely. I say. I'm like, oh, come come on, Dak, make me look smart. Let's go. Come on, man.
0: People get mad at us on Twitter all the time because it's like, you'd rather be
1: right than root for your team. And it's like, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, I do. Yeah. Mean, sometimes you're not wrong. Like, no, I, I want to be right. I want to, you know, I get paid to do this. I want right. people to think that I'm good at it. So. That's right. So
0: we didn't, I mean, it's been. It's been an exciting week for Cowboys fans, I guess. You know, they, they won a game that really nobody had them having a chance in with a backup quarterback and an offense that looked pretty much inept in week one. And it didn't look much better in week two, but I guess you got a couple of touchdown drives early. Um, so, obviously, the the you know this better than anything now, but a lot of the talking points right now are Cooper Rush over Dak. And, I mean, I think it's crazy because they still rank 32nd in EPA – in week two. I mean, the, the, the results look a little bit better, but the offense was still an issue and whether that's a Kellen Moore quarterback, offensive weapons thing. I mean, that's kind of the whole topic of conversation right now, but I mean, Cooper Rush didn't play bad. Thought he played relatively well given the circumstances Uh, the team released Dennis Houston today, but what's your thoughts on this offense heading into week three, two weeks in a row of
1: being, not good whatsoever. I think the, uh, and the big thing with that is like your expectations change, right? Like 20, 20 points. And, and I mean, did they even, did they hit 300 yards on the day? Uh, 300, yeah, 300, 337. Yeah. So like that looks a hell of a lot better when it's Cooper right. rush than when it's Dak Prescott. So I get that, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the touchdowns came early in the game when, you know, whether it's scripted or not, uh, you still like, that's the stuff that you feel the best about, right? Particularly on the first drive. So like, I don't think that's a coincidence. And yeah, the thing that I I wrote about on Sunday is really after those two touchdown drives, they had one drive that you would I get like I they had they had one drive that went over 30 yards the rest right. of the way and it was the one that wound up being the Dalton Schultz fumble. I mean even not to take credit away from him, I get it, but like even on the game-winning touchdown drive like they didn't have to like drive the field, you know, they right. they got I think like Cooper Rush had three completions for 30 yards in that drive, which is nice, but it's not this like Herculean effort. So yeah, I mean it it doesn't look great, but I think again um it's funny the way that your expectations change. Cause again, with Dak and that's what we argued about all off season is like, well, mm-hmm. Dak, you're asking Dak Prescott to take these spare parts and turn it into one of the better offenses in the league. Cause they were number one in the league last year. So at the very least you're expecting them to stay top 10, I would say. Right. Um, Whereas now, at least until Dak comes back, you're like, shit anything we can get from cooper rush would be a positive i mean i think uh at least in my opinion like when you downgrade from a 40 million dollar quarterback to a 1 million dollar quarterback it goes from the quarterback and the offense need to be a reason why we win to the quarterback and the offense just need to not be the reason why we lose right and yeah. i'm mean, that's i mean that credit to them they they did it I, and i thought i was so impressed it's such a cliche, but like like people say total team win. Like you can go down the roster and come up with something that every member of the team did to win that game, you know? Yeah. Um
0: Turpin had a big return
1: after not doing much in week one. Turpin had a nice return. Um obvi- Noah, I mean, Brown. Noah, Noah Brown, Brown turned in himself. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, it's unbelievable. Um the the offensive line, all things considered, played very well. Like I don't – there couldn't have been more than one pre-snap penalty in that game. I don't remember off the top of my head, but, like, you think back to week one where Terrence Steele gets, like, three pre-snap penalties yeah. in a row. You clean that up. Um, You know, Tyler Biotish, Matt Farniak, and Tyler Smith handled business. I mean, you know, they – not saying they were, like, the best trio in the league, but they were not the – um they were not the liability that I think a lot of people probably expected them to be.
0: It's I want to bring that up real quick too, because we've seen, I mean, again, every time a game ends, people who cover the team, we get all the PFF tweets, you know, who is graded out great, who is graded out terrible, the pressures, the hurries. I think that expectation thing is a good point with Matt Farniak, because I feel like he's getting killed. And I'm not saying he's playing great by any means. I am not even saying he's playing good by any means, but I mean, he's a center prospect that's playing left guard, he's a third string left guard pretty much. Cause you got Connor McGovern. Tyler Smith was a backup left guard. Then it was Matt Farniak. I mean, I'll take what he's given in two weeks on not many practice reps at left guard and not much playing time at left guard. I mean, I think we're killing him a little too much for his play, given the fact that he's not a left guard
1: and the fact that he came in on very short notice last week, once Connor McGovern had the high ankle spring. I'll be honest. And you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a product of me not being as deep in Cowboys news as I normally, I haven't, I haven't seen people killing him, but I am, I am aghast at the idea of killing Matt Farniak. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about the last offensive lineman on the roster, basically, like when second you year dude, yeah. Second year dude, seventh round pick, I believe the final draft pick of his draft class um, not like not for the draft, but for the Cowboys, he was right. the last guy the Cowboys drafted in 2021. Um, all you can ask in that scenario is that he comes in and not, not in again, <laughs> not be the reason why you can't stay on the field. And I, so yeah, I think he's been good. I think, I think the positives have been there with Tyler Smith. That's not to say that he looks like Tyron Smith, nobody right. expect that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess to get back to the overarching point, no, they, they don't look very good. Um but my expectations are different for the time being. Um and I am curious to see well, I mean, there there's so many moving parts. It's fascinating to think. I mean, I I don't buy the optimism about Dak. Uh I I think it's the Injury optimism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I okay. like I think it's Cowboys' spin. I mean it's I a, do too. It's an injury to his throwing hand. Uh, I just think that's going to take a little bit more time. So, like, if we just conservatively estimate, it'll be at least another month. Um, How well is Gallup going to return from the injury? Is That's, is, that's what I was going to – how's your optimism on the Gallup injury? I mean, the fact that they waived Houston today is very curious to me because people, people have been saying, like, oh, well, this could mean Jalen Tolbert's coming back as well it could mean both. I was just, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, Tolbert's been healthy this whole time. So why do you need to waive Houston for a guy that could have played the last two weeks? And I know Gallup's on the roster. That's not my point, but I just you don't want me waving a healthy body. If you. Right. right. You, yeah. Like I, I don't see why you would be waving a healthy player unless you were expecting to get contributions from a guy that hasn't contributed already. Right. You know now,
0: I, mean? I think that's who, is that Michael Gallup or is that Jalen Tolbert? And I think that's the big question. And
1: the, But I, I think it – and, again, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know, but I think it's Michael Gallup because, again, like nothing was stopping them from making Tolbert active these last two weeks, right. whereas Gallup was not physically ready. Did you buy
0: into all of the – I mean, I'm not saying they said he needed time, but they, they, they went out of the way to kind of be like, yeah, we put a lot on his plate. He had a hamstring injury. I mean, do you think that that any of that was factual, and that they said, "Hey, let's give them two weeks of more practice before we throw them into regular season games"? Like, is that is that
1: a legit thing that they actually thought? Or <laughs> no, I think no. I mean, well, the thing like the Cowboys can talk themselves into anything, like, right? I, like that that whole place can be an echo chamber in terms of like you know somebody comes up with. A reason for something no matter how bogus it is and all of a sudden you've got everybody repeating it no I don't buy that because again they spent the whole spring talking about how versatile he was how he could do a little bit of everything I mean yeah he missed time in the spring but then he went and played a ton in training camp including with the ones a lot I mean he worked with Dak Prescott a lot he played in the preseason a lot so no, I mean, no, I, I definitely don't buy the hamstring.
0: That's the weird thing to me with Jalen Tolbert is this team is so. They've always done it the opposite way. Like the rookie, no matter if it's a second, like Michael Gap, when he came in, he didn't work with the ones much. It was too, you know, got to earn your star got to That's been the thing for so long is, you know, the, even the Michael Parsons, he was with second team, you know, to start camp and all of that. And it's just, they never really throw Tyler Smith, a perfect example, you know, like, we thought going in, he'd be the step in left guard, but at camp, he was left guard too for pretty much all of camp. So it's weird that they put Jalen Tobert with the first team. And then when the season rolled around, they're just like, "Nah, he's going to be inactive.
1: Well, I, w- I will say this in their defense, not that I want to defend them too much, but like. <laughs> like Tolbert did that too. It's not like it's not like Tolbert stepped in and was one of the top three from the get. I mean, he ran a lot with the twos, but then keep in mind, Gallup didn't have a training camp. James Washington got hurt on the first day of pads. So after a certain point, you run out of bodies. That's true. They just were poorly equipped, I guess, is a better way to. But even then, like even then Tolbert, I mean, Tolbert ran plenty with the twos as well. I mean, that they've moved guys all up and down the depth chart, but no, like, and that's, I've been saying this on Twitter. I kind of, I feel like a broken record. Like I'm not, I don't blame Jalen Tolbert. Like, right, like I don't Michael, Michael Gallup, he wasn't inactive, but he wasn't a starter from the jump. It was always crazy to me that the Cowboys were like, yeah, this guy drafted 81st overall is going to come in and just be ready to be a stud right away. That's awesome. If it happens, if that's your strategy for the starting offense, bad real real bad and so they look silly in my opinion they look really silly now if I mean Gallup is even if he doesn't play against the Giants it's trending that Gallup will be back within the first four or five weeks of the season so that's nice um but it it's it's so weird and and always has been the way that they just they they did not address receiver the way that a team that wants to be good on offense should have there's just no other way to say it.
0: You wouldn't believe what my mentions look like when I was talking about why there's no reason for him not to sign Julio Jones. And then I love that Julio Jones just went out and torched them week one
1: well, to be, I mean, to be fair, he, he got hurt, which yeah, is it's something, true. but, but not before he was the best receiver for the Buccaneers in week one. I mean, uh, or like, you know, it, it doesn't, they didn't have to wait until the summer to do that. Right. They could have gone after a better receiver than James Washington in free agency. I mean, right. Juju. you know, every now and then you trip and fall ass backward over a J Ron curse. Right. But the fact that you find a star with a hundred thousand dollars that, cause that's the guarantee they gave J Ron curse. The fact that you find a star caliber player that way once doesn't mean that's how you should approach it all the time. Like, way more often than not you get what you pay for um so yeah it it's weird it for hopefully for them it won't bite them too bad because again it looks like mike's gonna be back soon ish and you know hopefully noah brown can turn in some more games that look like that one because that's the iron like it's it's so weird because week one week one looked like every Noah Brown game we've ever seen where it's like, Oh bro. Like you had, <laughs> you had these two big ops on third down. Like you, he had one go through his hands. He had one clang off of him and like, and that's been the Noah Brown story. Like I feel like a crazy person and, and like Noah Brown's my dude. Like he's a great right. guy. I love his story, but the same thing happened last year. He got a big crack at it against Kansas city because Amari caught COVID And it was the same thing. So then like for him to have so many missed ops with Dak and then go out and play the game of his life with Cooper Rush is it's, 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 it defies explanation. And the idea that there are people out there that think that like Cooper Rush brought it out of him when (laughs) Dak couldn't makes me want to rage quit. Like it makes me want (laughs) to unplug the PlayStation and just walk out of the room. I lo- love the segment the other day. Uh, I mean, so obviously, like when you do when you do national TV, you obviously have production meetings on top of production meetings. Like we all, we like we don't we don't know exactly what we're gonna say, but like right. we all, you you kind of have an idea of where everybody's gonna go, so you can get your talking points in order and everything that came completely out of left field. And I like, I thought I was going to lose it on national TV. Like I, I was just like, and I remember I was like, okay, this is where this segment's going now. Like we're not, we're not talking about anything else for at least like the next five minutes. So yeah, that was fun.
0: I love it. I love it. So you said optimism on Dak's injury. You don't feel great about they keep talking about him returning Philadelphia. Actually, they talked about turning Washington or L.A., but, I mean, I think Philadelphia would be, like, the, the actual best-case scenario. With Cooper yeah. Rush and what this offense looks like and how good this defense has looked, realistically, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you to predict things here, but they got the Giants is coming up week uh, on Monday night. They got Washington after that. They got the Rams after that, and then they have the Eagles. Do you think there's a chance that they can come out of this stretch with Cooper Rush with a running record?
1: Ooh, winning record. Um, All right. Man, so,
0: I, I, I had no chance that they'd beat the Bengals. I was
1: wrong. Oh, same. Absolutely. And, chance. <laughs> you know what's What's funny though? It's like, and, and again, this is just, this is just us whining about having to eat crow and that's fine. Like I, they proved me wrong, but like, I, like, I absolutely thought that that would be a game into the fourth quarter. I thought it would look a lot like yeah. some of the games in 2020, where it's like, Like the, the Pittsburgh game with Garrett Gilbert, where it's like, okay, they're, you know, it's, it's 13 to nine in the fourth quarter, but the Bengals just made that extra drive that made the difference. Um, So it's not like I thought that they would get wiped off the map, but they, they were able to, a, the defense played way, way better than I could have ever imagined, even by the standard that I have for them. And then the offense made way more plays than I thought they were capable of. And that's fine. Um, I still don't know. I still don't know about winning record. Um, that's that's. T- and, and what I'm curious about is this. I've seen this a million times going all the way back to like the Jason Garrett Cowboys when the world is against them. They are good at circling the wagon. Yeah. But what now, like now that like you took the pressure off, you played well. You've even got some people saying Dak needs to learn a thing or two from Cooper Rush. <laughs> That's fine. Um, what now? Like, can you do it consistently when you're not the league's punching bag? Because they were last week. They were, they were the joke of the NFL last week. And um, does there, does there sure. deserve it yeah, link so. Of course. Um. So what now that right. you're playing you're playing division opponents that most people think you should you should be able to at least split these next two games, and maybe people aren't focusing on you as much. So I'm I'm curious to see how they play here. Um, I I refuse to I I don't believe they can beat the Rams with Cooper Rush. I just don't. I'm sorry if that makes me a hater. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, although again, Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons gives them a chance because the Rams clearly have protection issues. Like I get it. The commanders got Carson Wentz got sacked five times by Detroit yesterday. So that's, I think that's going to be your recipe for success is how much can the pass rush affect your opposition? Cause with the way they're playing. If you can make life miserable on Tom Brady, you can do a lot of stuff. And they did. Like they flustered Tom. Um, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I, I see them going one and two in this stretch, but I could see two and one. You could talk me into two and one, but three and oh, that's no, that's tough to believe. David, they're one and one right now. You're being a coward, you're riding the
0: fence. Do they come out of this with a winning record or not?
1: Uh no. All right, I'm, I'm no, with. I you. think I think they will they will split these division games and lose to the Rams and lose to the Rams. If I had to guess, I'm curious. Like I I'm this this New York game is interesting to me because the Giants O line. I'm not gonna say they're like world beaters, but they seem to be playing pretty well. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. They they win one and lose one and then lose to the Rams. That's my guess. And then so what? That would put them at two and three. Yep uh two and three and you would assume playing Sunday night at the Eagles who I'm guessing will be in first in the division by then uh that would be really fun yeah that would be Eagles look good man they do but like and we talked about this on speak today like they they look like the same team not the same team because like obviously they have AJ Brown but they look like what I remember them being in the second half of last year, which is like a really dangerous team when they have their fastball. Uh, I'm not, I, I want to see what they look like when, a, when they play a team that's good enough to force them out of what they want to be doing. And the Vikings were not that yesterday at all. Yeah, that was ugly. I mean, Um I just, and it, it, it's, I, I know that Jalen Hurts can be really, really good when everything is working the way they want it to, but he can be really, really bad when a defense forces him to play outside of his comfort zone. So yeah. I mean, I that's think that's, I, a,
0: I mean, that, that my, I mean, Minnesota made it just completely easy on the Philly offense yesterday, but I was, man, I think that Vikings offense is dangerous. And what Philly did to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, or oh. Dalvin Cook, I was just kind of like, yikes. The really- week one, they struggled against the Lions, and people were like, oh, they invested, you know, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, uh all these dudes, and they got put up 40 by the Lions or whatever, even though they won. But, man, they came out in week two and looked like that, you know, unit that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be all year. That's the only thing that kind of makes me go, okay, they they – they could be special on the defensive side of the ball, too, if everybody stays healthy there and they they keep doing what they're doing. Jonathan Gannon's kind of a uh, question mark there, but, I mean, would he the game plan he had in week two against Minnesota was it's kind of eye-opening to me.
1: The only thing stopping me from saying that Philly is the team to beat in the NFC is that I've seen Jalen Hurts go against really yep. nice defenses and completely fall apart. Yep. And so, yeah, and, like, I know, you know, Minnesota's secondary is not special, but yeah, like the way, I mean, they spent, they spent that entire game 15 yards off the line playing like too high <laughs> shell just like, and like, I mean, any quarterback that's good enough to play in the NFL is going to pick you apart. If you give him that much cushion and let him <laughs> get to his first read every what, single time. That's what
0: killed me yesterday is people were like, man, I, I would take Jalen hurts over Dak right now. And I was like, literally,
1: we could make some of these throws. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to hate. Like I I like Jalen Hurts as a person. I, do too. I think he's I think he's a very good player, but like I I'm not I don't think he he I remember he had one really nice throw on like an out, but like most of the big chunk plays right. they had through the air, it was like, Oh yeah, my first read is all by himself. I should throw it there. Yeah. Like that I mean, and hey, sometimes that's all you have to do, but you know. Dallas is going to make it harder on him. Dallas is Dallas has been a nightmare for him to this point in his career. I mean, it's only two games, but, uh, and then obviously Tampa Bay's defense looks like it's good enough to do some really nasty things. Uh, they have to play the Packers this year. The Packers defense looked a lot more like what we expected against the bears, although it is the bears. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean like, look, Philly's going to be a good team. Like, I, I mean, they absolutely look like a playoff caliber team, but, I want to see a little bit more before I get too carried away.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, again, give credit where credit's due, but they've had a pretty, I mean, Minnesota, not a bad team by any means, but Detroit, Minnesota, Washington is your first three games. That's
1: kind of, dude, we talked about this today on the show though. Like go, go take a look at Philly's schedule. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, like flip switch. (laughs) Like, I mean, here, I'm going to read it to you. They go, uh, They go Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington. I mean, yeah. They should be favored in most of those games. They might not be favored against the Cardinals, but like, does it it get tough towards the end of the season? (laughs) Not okay. All right. As long as we're doing this at Colts, which looked hard two weeks ago, but all of a sudden does not look very hard. No Uh, Packers Packers is a tough game. Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants, like they're going 17 and 0. <laughs> there ain't there ain't a whole lot of like world beaters on that schedule. And I I mean, I know it's the NFL. They'll trip up and lose to somebody. But like. Sure. They, they the Eagles, the Eagles should win. I mean, nine or 10 games should be like the minimum based on the way they've looked the first two, yeah. two games of the season. Absolutely. Anyway, wow. I I can hear your listeners whining that this is not an Eagles podcast. No. Hey, I love it again.
0: What, what me and Mark said before Mike moved, Mark moved on to better things too. And he had to leave me. He was just like, Hey, we, we grade the process, not the results. And he was like, the Eagles had a good pro- off season process and the Cowboys didn't. So if they don't come out on the, they come out on the short end of the stick, there's no one else to blame but themselves. So
1: I'm, I mean, I'm I'm bummed that Dak got hurt for a lot of reasons, obviously. Like, I, I like him as a person. I root for him. Um, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but like it's a bummer. This Dak injury is gonna shape the way we evaluate the season. And that sucks because it's gonna give the Cowboys an excuse. Where like I was fascinated to see how that was actually gonna look. And the first game of results looked really, really bad. Um, Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that ages as we go. And really, I mean, if, you know, let's just assume Dak looks like himself when he gets back and Gallup is in there and maybe Tolbert has had some time to acclimate and, and figure out what he's doing. Um, you know, maybe they can be, maybe they can be decent, but I'm not super encouraged so far. All right, I got two more quick ones, and then I'll get you out of here. I know I've kept you over what I told you I would, but uh, I, 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 I mean, the funny thing is, like, people assume I'm super busy because I've got a cool <laughs> job, but like, I have no life. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm out here alone in L.A. All I do is like watch football and study about football so that i can do stuff like this so please don't feel like you're keeping me from anything
0: all right sounds good sounds good all right let's just say Dak misses four more games so that means he missed five games they said four to six that puts in the middle one first question cowboys make the playoffs this year either as nfc's champions or wildcard team two is mike mccarthy the head
1: coach in 2023 that's another that's another good point. I hadn't even really gotten there. Like this changes that too, because I I I firmly believe or believed heading into the season, like missing the playoffs, bye-bye, Mike McCarthy. No way. But now again, you have this like baked in excuse as to why it's not his fault or whatever. Um doesn't Jerry kind of seem like he hates Mike McCarthy now though. I don't I don't think so, to be honest <laughs> with you. Maybe that's just me like putting it out there. I think, I don't think Jerry hates Mike McCarthy. I do think, I think Jerry loves the hell out of Dan Quinn. I do too. And how, how, how can you not? Yeah. What a sweet man. It's funny. Th- and I love Dan Quinn too. He's a great guy. He's obviously very good at his job. But I do enjoy, uh, perception is everything, right? Like, I mean, like there's no way Dan Quinn was well liked by the Atlanta fan base by the end of his tenure there. Right. uh, Cause the buck stops with you. Whereas if the defense is your sole responsibility and the defense kicks ass, then everybody loves you. Uh, It's just, it's kind of the nature of the business. Um, All right. I'm not answering your question. If you said, if Dak misses five games, he misses five games total. So he comes back after comes back after five weeks off. So you're saying he comes back to play the lions on October 23rd. Right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I think the Cowboys can go like, I would, uh, people are going to hate me. I would have them go one and three during that span. So like, so they'd be two, two and four when Dak comes back.
0: I mean, you you say people are going to hate you, but again, and like I had to do it today and it, I felt bad because you, you won a game, like you won a game against a team to just play the super bowl but the offense EPA is still 32nd in the NFL. Like, that's not a sustainable thing. You know, your defense isn't going to sack the quarterback seven times, put nine – I think it was nine drives in a row without Cincinnati scoring points. Like, that's just – I don't think that's something that you can sustain week to week. And if you can, that that gives the Dan Quinn, the head coaching job, yeah. even more credit. But just you can't be the worst offense in the NFL – for multiple weeks in a row and then expect to win three, four games. I just, I don't, I don't think there's any defense in the world that can sustain that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this, in this world that we're describing Dak would have to lead them to like a seven and four record once he gets back, which like, not crazy. He's probably capable of that. And the schedule doesn't look nuts. Um, I, I, I lean toward no though. I just, the way they look and I look, I know it's going to change, but like the way they looked against Tampa was so disheartening. Although you know what? That's it's, and I'm, I'm riding the fence hard here, but again, like you think, like, if you, if you subscribe to the thought that like Tyler Smith is going to get better every week, Michael Gallup can come back and give you something like, I'm sure they'll get better they will get better. Like they're not going to be dead last in EPA for the year, but I still don't think it's going to be good enough to pull them out of the fire on a consistent basis. Um, so I do think they'll get better, but if you're, if you're making me say in week three, whether I think they're going to make the playoffs, if Dak misses five games, I will say no.
0: All right. So now second part of the question. Is Mike back in 2023 with the built-in excuse? Dak missed multiple games. Where do they go, dude? You've had four. What is it? Is this for your four or year three now? This the, is year three. Year three. Disappointing year one, even though Dak was hurt. Year two ended disappointing.
1: I am. I'm, I'm going to say he's not back for two reasons. One, I mean, at the end of the day, the job is to get to the playoffs. And if Dak only misses five games, that means he played in 12. So that's do that's doable. Um, and then, the, yeah, like I think Dan Quinn is a big part of this, too. Like people keep talking about Sean Payton. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think Dan Quinn is the way more likely answer. And what does Jerry do if Dan Quinn is as hot a commodity this year as he was last year?
0: I don't see how he couldn't be after the way the year started.
1: I agree. Like, like maybe I-
0: you go, maybe you go first year, Dan Quinn anomaly. If he does, I mean, again, it looks like he he held Tampa Bay to one touchdown. He held Cincinnati one touchdown. Like if he goes year two, the same way he went year one, maybe with a little less turnover luck, just because, you're not going to get the turnover luck he had last year
1: yeah but is who's going to care about turnover luck if micah parsons wins defensive player of the year
0: yeah no absolutely i mean that's what i'm saying though it's like i mean again it's crazy how they literally went from worst to best in (laughs) six months
1: it's nuts yeah i i mean of course like you're always going to wind up looking stupid, trying to forecast stuff four months in advance. But like, if all that stuff comes to pass and they miss the playoffs, I, I say, no, I just keep, I keep thinking about the fact that Jerry said it himself, that they had to be viable in the playoffs for this year to be considered a success, which I get it. I get that Dak is hurt, but if, I mean, if Dak only misses five games, that means you had him for 12. Which, what'd so, you think
0: what'd you think of the declining of I don't know if you remember this, declining the defensive holding on first and do
1: you remember that? In this most recent game?
0: Yeah, it was first and I think it was first and ten. They threw a seven yard pass and it was defensive holding, and he declined the defensive holding to make it second and three instead of first and five.
1: Carthy did that?
0: Yes. It was brutal. It was terrible. It was towards the end of the game, too. That was the that was the one emotion I showed,
1: and I was just like, "A, you, this is a joke, right?" I feel bad that doesn't register with me, but I think it was, that it was rough. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure his logic would be get closer, get closer to the line to gain, so that you can give it to a running back and not ask Cooper Rush to do that. But yeah, that's pretty wild. It was, it was, it was, it was wild. I mean. Yeah, in in game strategy is not it's not my favorite thing about Mike. Which thankfully, th- hey, Mike's got uh, my, Mike should make sure to text Nathaniel Hackett and be like, "Thanks, big dog." Like nobody's <laughs> nobody's gonna notice what I do because you're here now. Also, last thing, the crit- I, I don't like Mike McCarthy. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. For the but- record, I like Mike McCarthy a lot. Like I think, and I mean, I'm not talking about how good of a coach he is. I just think he's a, I think he's a great dude. So, so let me rephrase. I don't like Mike McCarthy to coach a whole lot,
0: but I do think the funniest thing about like this off season, the McCarthy stands or whatever you want to call him, is they said, he knows how to keep his team healthy. <laughs> that was like, that was the big thing. It's like, Oh yeah. He doesn't play guys in preseason. His team stays relatively healthy. Gosh, did that, did that, take a nosedive as quick as possible. Which yeah. I that's, I the head coach for that. I just think that it was funny that that was like the praise that people were,
1: there's no such thing as keeping a team healthy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I did love like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it, it it's going to be a debate forever, but you know, I think, you know, a, a bunch of teams that rested their starters in the preseason looked like crap in week yep. one. And everybody's like, see, see, this is why you play. I'm like, whatever, dude, like I'd rather lose week one than cart somebody off the field in August. That's on like, if that's what you want to do, you go right ahead and do it. Um, I don't think Josh Allen is lighting the league on fire because he got three series (laughs) against somebody's backups. I'm sorry. I think, you know, I think maybe he's just good. He just, he might just be good. I don't know. We, I think we all missed on that one too. Oh, I was telling, uh, I was telling Emmanuel Acho that last night, like very quietly, very quietly. I don't think I've ever been more wrong about a player. I'll never
0: forget me and Dalton Miller sitting at senior bowl, watching him play. And just the jokes that came from
1: the section we were sitting in about how bad he was. I just like, I'm a big believer. Like if, if you, and, and like, I, I still believe this, like Josh Allen's an outlier, but like, if you are, a, a, if you're the man as a college quarterback, you should either like be so obviously good or you should like elevate the team around you. Like Josh Allen should have been taking Wyoming. <laughs> they should have been going 10 and two and going to like good bowl games. They should have been like playing for the mountain West. And like, none of that stuff happened. He, he, he completed like 58% and they went like six and six every, every year he was there. And I just remember being like, man, if you can't even if you can't even elevate Wyoming, how are you going to elevate an NFL team? Like that, like I said, I, I don't know if I've ever been more wrong. No, I cra- been it's crazy. How, like that makes so much sense. What you just said.
0: It's crazy how like ass backwards that's kind of been in the NFL, though, right? Like Justin Fields. I mean, Davis Mills might be the best rookie quarterback from his class so far. He played at Stanford.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, like it's, it's definitely not a hard and fast rule at all. Right. Um, but I just, I'm trying to, th- I mean, like, I mean, Justin Fields, like Ohio state balled while he was there though. And I mean, he was good at Georgia as well. So like, I don't think that applies to Justin Fields. No, no,
0: I'm saying like, like he killed it at Ohio state killed it. At, you know, was good at Georgia and he comes in the league and people are like, yep, he's not a quarterback in the NFL. Like, yeah, it's almost yeah. like you see more of the Josh Allen's and, Day I mean, again, I'm not saying Davis Mills is some stud, but it's like you see some of these guys who didn't have the college like win loss success come
1: in and play better than some of the Yeah. And like and I mean, obvious like Patrick Mahomes' tech teams never, Right. but right. but no, but see the I did like that's not the same because Patrick Mahomes' college stats were Un friggin believable like yeah. anybody who watched pat in college knows that he's not the reason why tech couldn't win games <laughs> um so yeah i i remember thinking the same thing about daniel jones where i was like shouldn't duke have been right. better shouldn't duke have been better if daniel jones was this good yeah but he's just cheeks yeah no he's he's uh but yeah, he's gonna carve this monday night I'm, 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 I'm nervous about this Monday night game. I, I mean, I'm going to be nervous about any game the Cowboys play based on what we've seen the first two weeks, but like, I don't know, man, that the run, the, the run defense better show up. They better, they better wrap, you know, like this is, it would be nice to have J Ron curse in a game like this. Cause yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, like, I think I'll be curious to see if um If the Giants O-line is, um, they're not going to like completely shut down Micah, but like they could, it it might look better than, than it did on Sunday. (laughs) That's, uh, speaking of, yeah. I mean, ah, geez, the, the Bengals line looked so overmatched and like, I knew going into the season that they weren't going to be great. Didn't think it'd be that bad. They've. The last team to allow this many sacks in two weeks is the O2 Texans, which that was their first year of existence. They were a, an expansion team, so like that's the type of talent they were working with. Did you see Joe Burrow yell at Zach Taylor? I'm sure y'all talked about that. No empty sets. Yeah, again, like <laughs> which to be like. I mean, coaching, coaching is a big part of this too. Like, I think the Bengals. If they do a better job of, like, chipping, putting help on Micah's side, stuff like that, like, they could have won that game with a better in-game offensive strategy. But uh, not that the Cowboys are complaining about that. That's football. But it reminded me, honestly, Zach Taylor on Sunday reminded me of Jason Garrett. Where it was just like, well, this is this is what we said we were gonna do. So this Elena. is what we're gonna do. Like we've just got to do it better. Instead of being like, Nope, scratch this. We have to do everything we can to keep number eleven from ruining this game. I've I can't remember the
0: last time I've seen a Cowboys defender just absolutely ruin a game plan. I mean, they 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 had to like I mean they kept trying to run their offense, but they stopped calling passing plays and like
1: just Yeah, I don't got, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever, because, right. you know, by the time I started covering the team, D Ware was on his way out. I don't think I've ever personally seen a Cowboys defender do that. All right. Because um, even, yeah. you know, not to take credit away from Dorrance and Dante and all the other guys that got sacks, but like all of that was stemming from what Micah was doing to them. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That was wild. Uh, Hopefully he keeps doing it because, A, it'll keep the Cowboys in contention, and, B, it's fun as hell to watch.
0: No doubt. David, I kept you – I told you 30. It's been 52. You're a sweet man. All right.
1: That's all right, buddy. For hanging out. Let's do it
0: again sometime. Absolutely. Well, I told you you're on the show now, so we'll – Oh, okay. Yeah. All (laughs) right. Yeah. Hey, just give me a call. (laughs) David Hellman, everybody. Everybody's favorite Cowboys reporter, writer – podcaster, TV guy, just the man. Always enjoy talking with you. I'm sure we'll do it again this season. We'll be seeing you on TV. I'm sure we'll be t- hearing you on some other shows and stuff like that. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon, man. Anytime, brother. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Yes, sir. David Hellman, talking to the Star. We'll see you guys later. Thanks again for listening. Go Cowboys.